Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this week we have quite a matchup. Wait, did I say this is song versus song? No. <laughs> this is song versus song. And this week we are doing a very special song versus song, at the very least, because Danny, uh, you're the one who suggested this one. I did? Yes, okay. you did. This All week right. we will be doing Human Behavior by B- Bjork. You that got, that is how you say it. Yeah. You're going to have to carry this one, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, versus Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos. Amos? 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 Famous, famous Amos's piano cookies. <laughs> All right. And we have a special guest in the studio today, the fake Zoom, not really a studio studio. Please welcome to the show, Angie Meehan. Yo. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. What do we know you from? Um, I... Being horny on Twitter, um, I'm Lindsay Ellis's uh, co-writer and editor. I talk a lot about like fictional characters' asses. That's that's my you brand. You do. Now. I do follow you on Twitter at at why Angelina why. Yeah. And I am often asking why Angelina why because that's... there's a lot of stuff in there about Sandor Clegane's butt. You know, I have feelings about that. I have feelings about a lot of things, and honestly, both of these songs I'm really excited to talk about because they are kind of the soundtrack of like baby high school horny fangirl me you know like so so, so like they, they both go very deep but uh <laughs> you know this is uh this is one of danny's suggestions and when he brought it to me i was like no that doesn't really make any sense to me i'm gonna find something else to put bjork or tori against mm. but everyone i talked to was like what are you gonna put bjork against They're like tori Tor- do Tori amos is like what really i don't think these two women have anything in common but like everyone came to me as like, this is the one that made most sense to them. Wow. Because you, you originally asked me on here to talk about Bjork and Kate Bush, I think. and Kate Bush will come up in, the, in this conversation. <laughs> she absolutely is, is coming statistically up. statistically inevitable. <laughs> I wanted to keep it even, and I just feel like Kate Bush has reached a point in recent years where she will ob- ob- obliterate both of these women who are very high <laughs> oh, up there. Oh, really? And I don't know if that if I see that as true. I guess maybe I'm my finger is far from the pulse. Mm. But, like, I always think of, of Kate Bush as being, like, like people know her, but I don't think of her as being um, the the fave with, with within the, 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 the regular average person. Like, like Angelina well, I mean, but and I, yeah. um, <laughs> perhaps are not normal, is what I'm suggesting. <laughs> I think Kate Bush is having podcast. a moment. She Kate definitely, Bush. she's having a renaissance for sure. And in any case, they, Kate Bush is the 80s and we're, we're into the 90s at this yeah. point. Because what tripped me up is in, when you told me what the final song choice was going to be, because um, t- Time is a Flat Circle, I didn't realize they were released within like six months of each other, you know? No. Yeah. Yeah, something like that, right? I, I, I'm, I'm not wrong here. I don't think, but they were yeah, released. Yeah, in fact, six I months. thought they were both the same year. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they were both '93. Uh, I think uh, Cornflake Girls actually like the very beginning of '94, but like '93 is like an amazing year for alternate chick rock. That's the year yeah. of the Breeders. That's Liz Fair. That's mm-hmm. PJ Harvey. That's Mazzy Star. So, oh, yeah, yeah, really a, a good year. Yeah, belly and throwing muses, I think. Also, I have to go double check that one. But like, yeah, this is like an amazing year for that. In fact, someone in the comments pointed me to a uh, a magazine cover from 93. Mm-hmm. It's of Q magazine. That's a, I think that's British, but it was, it's got Bjork and Tori and PJ Harvey all on there together. Oh, what a trifecta. And, yeah. And it was like, t- to me, these, these, these three women could not be more f- further apart, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not ever mistake 
one of these for the other. And yet here they are on a, sharing a magazine cover together. And I was like, huh, there's there's something I'm missing here because. Like, I, I think for, for, for my perspective of it. So one, I mentioned Time is a Flat Circle because when these songs mm-hmm. came out, I was six and not the target audience for it. So I didn't mm-hmm. get into either until I was in high school. The other thing I think that like stuck with me the most before I actually got into them was I would constantly see Tori and Bjork being made fun of as just kind of like <laughs> too weird, too out there or like too overtly like feminine and emotional. And like they'd get lumped in with like that and Fiona. Like I have a very, I read a lot of Mad Magazine as a kid and I have like this very clear picture of like Tori Amos and Fiona Apple like being drawn together by Mort Drucker like and just making fun of like the weird emotional, whispery woman sort of thing. So I feel like that's kind of like a lot of where like the emotional bond between these artists come with, like, or or why people who tend to be a fan of them, even though they're so different from each other, mm-hmm. also like fall into liking Bjork or PJ. Yeah, Harvey that seems or... to be the, that seems to be the common thread. If you are a fan of one, yeah. you'll probably be a fan of the other. Yeah. Well, well, just because the music is different, they have, I mean, they have a somewhat similar backstory in that they both had um, previous things that they had done mm-hmm. before that they had solo artist work. And I think they were both like really weird kids. They were trying to figure it out. And it wasn't until they realized that they could do it by themselves yeah. that they really struck out and became the artist that they are. And they have to do it at virtually the same time. Like Tori is, I guess, as far as a solo artist is concerned, is a little ahead of the curve just because this is like her sophomore album mm-hmm. that Cornflake Girls off of and mm-hmm. obviously Human, De- Human Behavior is off of debut which is Bjork's first album after the Sugar Cube so mm-hmm. but yeah I mean otherwise like just because the genre of music is different like I think sort of where they are in their careers is very similar and I think that what kind of got them there is really similar although um, the Sugar Cubes which was Bjork's band is uh, was a lot more successful than the one-off <laughs> Why Can't Tori Read yeah uh, which maybe that maybe that'll have a renaissance. Yeah, we're gonna go into a why can't Tori renaissance and <laughs> that that album cover is so funny. Yeah, why you can't Tori get... read or spell? And <laughs> it's not representative of the of the of the album. Yeah, uh, or Tori at all. I mean, like not that that she'd quite found herself yet, but it is. I do think it's worth it now, all these years later, to kind of go back and listen to what Tori Amos was thinking about. Yeah. She was like such a weird background. She was like this young kid that was doing stuff in a college program yeah. way younger than anybody else ever had before and what she was great at and what she wasn't good at and going to gay clubs with her father who was like a reverend or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Hmm. He's like a preacher. A of, yeah. A lot of really – she's like such an interesting backstory – um, uh, which is perfectly compared with Bjork, who is from a planet called Iceland. <laughs> yes, the mysterious island. <laughs> so and weird little place. It's not with, on Earth. It is. It no. is. It's got it less not, people than Cleveland, Ohio. I. It's, well, like you know, we're, we're we're all like children of the '90s, and like I think all I knew about Iceland growing up was Bjork and the appearances of Bjork on like Space Goes Coast to Coast, where like she's framed as like a crazy person and then like SNL. And then also the only other thing I knew about Iceland was the mighty ducks too. So uh, it was just like a terrifying <laughs> they, place in my mind. Like just a land. They of, don't even of play hockey giants. in Iceland. They have no <laughs> hockey in Iceland. They play handball. I was about to say there's like, there's like 250,000 people in Iceland and they're all in Reykjavik, you know? So it's just like this tiny magical other planet that is only five hours away by plane from New York city. So. I've had friends go there. They say it's amazing. If you had to pick one of these songs that you prefer over the other, which would it be? 
Ooh, um, I was thinking a lot about this, and it's got to be Cornflake Girl for me. I'm a bigger Bjork fan, but I, Cornflake Girl to me is the better song. Um, I, it's really hard for me. So I ultimately came down on the side of Bjork, but only because Silent All These Years is my Tory song. Mm. Like that's the one, and Cornflake Girl is one of those songs where I find myself. So the thing about Tori Amos is I've got so many of these artists from this era that I love that I had to have at least one that graded on me. And Tori is the one that sometimes I'm like, can you just stop? Can you? It's a, okay. I, I got it. Yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'll, I'll be real. Like, I, I love the first four Tori Amos albums and then everything after that is kind of like, like. There, there are parts of Scarlet's Walk I really liked, but, like, American Doll Posse is where she kind of lost me. So, like, I'm not super steeped in Tori lore in the way that, like, you know, her most hardcore fans are. But those first four albums to me are, like, absolutely critical in, like, forming my personality. So, and that's how I am about the first four Bjork albums. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Debut, post, um, what the, why Homogenic. Homogenic and yeah. Vespertine. Yep. <gasps> not medulla oh, i love medulla oh. it's okay it's all right yeah <laughs> it's, it's 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 no weird like whispering into a cardigan sure i i mean i got into bjork the way that like you get into most music in high school is like you have a crush on somebody who really likes them and that was when medulla came out for me and the girl i had a huge crush on at that time sent me um the music video for who is it uh where she's in the bell dress walking around and like it changed my life. You know, I like to do like that fuck, uh, that awful Natalie Portman uh, <laughs> we <didn't. laughs> thing in Garden State. I like, I saw that and it, it just resonated so deeply with me. And I was already really deep into Tori at that point in my life. And then that was kind of where my Tori Amos obsession ended. So, <laughs> sorry. Like, you know, <laughs> like, but I, I agree with you to your point that there's a lot about Tori Amos that almost does feel a little, I hate saying cartoonish. Because I am a fan, but it, you know it's it funny like, we're saying okay. that about Tori and not Bjork, who is al- almost literally a cartoon a lot of the time. <laughs> but that's it? the arbitrariness of it, isn't it? Yeah. Like I think yeah. you just like that's the thing. Like when I say that like Tori grates on me, I don't have a reason for it. It's yeah. not like I don't go like, man, I'm completely justified in this. Yeah, it's literally just the arbitrariness of like the the right songs didn't hit me at the right time. Mm-hmm. So like I like Sion all these years, and I like a couple other songs. Mm. Um, but like Cornflake Girl, I listen to it, and I'm like. So uh, are, aren't you a cornflake girl? And also, what 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 does that even mean? Do you really corn, want to know flake girl? The, the the story behind cornflake girl, or Kenny? Did, did you did you? Okay, you, you know I I picked the, these two songs specifically because of all the Tory songs I could like the ones that were big enough that I put <laughs> against Bjork. Uh, cornflake girl, I felt like was the most opaque mm-hmm. because you know like Bjork. Is not I, I Bjork's thing has always been kind of like a little too weird to get for me, mm. and I was like, and I was like, what is like like all the other big Tory songs are very easy to understand. I was like, I silence all these years and God mm. and crucify mm. and me and my, a gun, obviously. Yeah. So like this one, I was like, this feels like a good matchup because I have no idea what the fuck it's about. Yeah. So so my recollection of what. Uh, Cornflake Girl is about, and it's a very dark subject, but it's about female genital mutilation. Or at least that was 
that was the inspiration for it. Tori uh, had like watched a documentary or something about female genital mutilation, and she was struck by how often in the rooms with women who go through this, there are other women with them, whether it's their mother or an older sister or a grandma, and like it became like oh, like women who who facilitate hurting other women that is a cornflake girl and the raisin girls are outside of that so like in, in a way like thinking about it now like it's not necessarily like a pick me song like i'm better or not like other girls song but like there definitely is like some women facilitate in the harm of other women and some just want a vibe and that is what my memory tells me cornflake girl is about but it is about or was inspired by fgm so uh, Corn, yeah <laughs> cornflake girl was the first tory song i i liked Mm-hmm. And it got me into her other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I have never known what the fuck cornflake girl means or a raisin girl was. So like I was just like looking up stuff for it in preparation for this podcast, and I was like, mm-hmm. this song is about female genital mutilation. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. this, the entire yeah. time? A topic that Todd is completely yeah. ready to speak on. A true yeah. expert. <laughs> No, like, but, uh, yeah. well, like no, because like you hear a title like "Me and a Gun" or "God" or yeah. "Crucify," and like you're kind of like emotionally prepared for what's coming and then you hear something like cornflake girl and you're like i don't know the first thing i think of is that like one like brush up brush up brush a song from greece with the <laughs> like the commercial the toothpaste commercial oh, and i'm right, like that's yeah. what when you hear cornflake girl it's evocative of that and at least to me i don't know I'm they, a they, fucking made, weirdo. they made like cereal boxes that are collector's <laughs> items which is such a what a weird thing to connect. I know to that, but I, yeah, I don't know. I listen. I would say this real quick, just because I wrote a dumb note, and I was like, "By God, I'm going to say it." Um, the key to understanding Tori Amos, if you're younger, is uh, y- 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 you guys know that song "Let It Go." You ever heard of that one? You know, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that's from a little movie called Frozen. You ever heard yeah. of that one there? Yeah, yes, yeah. we did. So, an so, on so, it. so when the, when the people uh, who wrote wrote the that song "Let It Go," uh, they were they were in Prospect Park. And they were like standing up on a on a park bench, pretending to be a, a a a snow queen and feeling very emo. And they were pretending to be Tori Amos. That's true. And so, if you imagine that Elsa from Frozen and the author Joan Didion did a Steven Universe fusion, that's Tori Amos. That's that's a pretty good. Uh summation i think of of the soundscape she's given out over the last almost god 30 years i'm that that is the yeah. that is the that is the mood that she puts forth for for better or worse and i find that like yeah depending on the song yeah depends on whether or not you're gonna vibe with it i guess vibe being the watchword now suddenly yeah <laughs> the, <laughs> the watchword um, watch yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, she actually did like one of her last oh god uh, time is a flat circle but I think it actually came out like five years ago was an album of her playing Eric Satie the uh, the famous uh, late 19th century early 20th century avant-garde pianist uh, like taking his music and putting her words to it and it's called like Beauty of Trees or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> of course it is. It, but like I was just like uh, you just like it kind of like you shot into that like parody almost kind of like level of it i'm sure it's a perfectly like i listened to it once and never went back to it but i'm sure it has its fans i love eric satie but something about it was just like i have to back out of this like i don't know it's battle of trees yeah the battle of trees is a very very tolkien kind of thing here but no honestly when you say like tori amos is elsa um but like if elsa did acid then i 
I would 100% agree with that. Um, yeah. it's, it's funny because like the way like I, I was super into Tori Amos and I remember being really resentful about Kate Bush um, because of it, because I hadn't had never listened to Kate Bush and never even heard Wuthering Heights for that matter. And I remember being really into Tori and somebody calling her like a second rate Kate Bush and me being like, I will never fucking listen to Kate Bush ever. <laughs> Because you're too loyal to... That's too loyal. And, like, now I'm, like, like the hugest Kate Bush fan. But, like, I remember just being, like, no, how dare they? They can both exist. And then I listened to Wuthering Heights out of rage. It was just, like, this is garbage. And who is this voice? And I hate it. And so I I got very fiercely into Tori Amos. And it was facilitated by the fact that my mom dated a guy. They have the same... What I'm getting at is, like, there's the same fan of, like, Tori Amos and Kate Bush... Uh, that is an older male that like is a little bit of a creep because my mom dated a guy for four <laughs> years who moved in with us and he was the biggest Tori Amos fan and that was how I actually got into Tori Amos was he had boys for Pele playing which is probably her like uh, most confusing album it's my favorite Tori album but uh, like I he just was playing that and I was like wow she's so she's so cool and he was like yeah she is really cool and it was just like baby not like other girls for a hot I- moment there. <laughs> I, I can vibe with the first two albums. Like the, these are not like both these artists are not quite close to my soul, but I get the first two Tori al- albums and then Boys for Pele, I'm lost. I am just totally <laughs> lost. It's like I, you know what? That is shocking because like, or not, not that is not shocking. I, yeah. I just happened to listen to Boys for Pele first, and it struck a chord with me at the time. And now, like, you go and listen to yeah, like Under the Pinker or or um, Crucify. Or, or Little Earthquakes, rather, sorry. And it's just kind of like, whoa. Huh. And honestly, I think kind of it all starts going downhill after Boys for Pele. But, I don't but, know, you didn't, you didn't like the one where she was a foot? Oh, the Adrian Brody music video where she's a giant foot hopping around? Yeah. <laughs> that was my introduction to Tori Amos, the fact that she was a <laughs> and foot. You, and you didn't feel a connection between that and Bjork? I, I'm yeah. just saying, like, Bjork could be a foot at any time that she wants to. Yeah. Anytime. She's she a robot, just be she's a, a swan. She could easily be a foot. Yeah, she's a bunch of like in in the video for human behavior. Uh, well, she's I a, love that a she's, human mouse or she's or a something. human hedgehog. She's a human. She's a bunch of little like larva. It's it's a very funny Michelle Gondry video. I I, I really love that music video and I, it, yeah, it's I think good that's stuff. like the, the the first big Michelle Gondry thing, uh, human behavior, and uh, that's the one that that made his name before uh, I guess uh, the Foo Fighters and. Who else has he done? He did Daft Punk and yeah. I think it's it was such a big one that they made a sequel to it. Yeah, so so there's kind of like uh with with Human Behavior, Isabel and Bachelorette and Wanderlust, which are from debut, post, homogenic and or homogenic and um oh Earth Intruders. God, why can't I think of it? Uh, Voltaic. No, Vault takes the concert. Oh, my God. Sorry. (laughs) My brain is just like a hot mess right now. Um, But like there is kind of like an Isabel song cycle. They're all kind of telling the same story and are continuations of like the same character. Namely, her name is Isabel. So, yes. You also you can you can really figure out why Bjork was in a relationship with Matthew Barney. (laughs) Mr. Cycle. It's a it's a bit of a dead giveaway. Yeah. By the way, I I have a Bjork story and (gasps) it'll be coming at you at the at the end of the hour. Uh. Um. Hang tight. I have a story about Bjork. <laughs> I'm um, so excited. A, a personal Bjork story. Um, 
So here's the thing. It's so funny that you that you brought up Kate Bush in this context because the thing about Cornflake Girl is that whenever I hear the beginning of it, I'm like, that's just the beginning of uh, the Red Shoes, and I prefer the Red Shoes. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know that one. Jeez. Oh uh, man, that and and that's another. I feel like that's that's a Kate Bush record that doesn't maybe get enough love. Moments of um, pleasure is my favorite Kate Bush song, but we're not like here to talk about Kate. Yes. Bush. But I'm telling you, but that's the thing about Cornflake Girl is that it's it's good. Mm-hmm. But man, every time it starts, I'm like, oh, am I going to listen to the Red Shoes? Oh, and then shit. no. So it's like an immediate um, downgrade for me just because I love that song so much. Yeah. Well, I, I learned like a really like fun fact about Cornflake Girl that I did not know. And it's um, the background vocals towards the very end after that big, I, like I love that big meaty piano solo that gets cut oh, down I for fucking, radio. I fucking it's, love that solo. I like I hear that and it's just like uh like oh what's the the uncut gems line oh Christ I came or something like that like, <laughs> and, like or holy shit I'm gonna come I think is the actual line like that is me during that piano solo it is but um the woman who does the backup vocals towards the very end the one that goes like it win the man with the golden, golden gun. gun that's Mary Clayton who if you're listening to this podcast I can say like with 95% certainty you've heard her voice. She's mostly known for doing the backup vocals on uh, Give Me Shelter uh, by the Rolling yeah. Stones. I, that's what I was trying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you've seen, uh, what is it? 20 feet from stardom. Stardom. Yeah. She, she's featured in that too. And I did not know that until literally last week while I was thinking about these two songs. I, was I did just not like, know that until you just Tory. told me right now. Yeah. She, she pulled Mary Clayton and, and Trent Reznor for that album. <laughs> you know. Oh, Tori and Trent. Tori and Trent. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, I, and the thing was, is like I didn't get into into Nine Inch Nails until like I was in my like late twenties, which seems like a weird time to get into Nine Inch Nails. But <laughs> there you go. I don't go. know. I didn't. I didn't get into like Tori Amos until I was, uh, I guess, it, w- into my twenties. I saw um, I saw her live in two thousand three on her lot of piano Ooh. store with Ben Folds. Oh, cool. And uh, like this was clearly not a Ben Folds crowd. This was a very Tori. <laughs> centric crowd and it was yeah. like it was like walking into a like a world i had never seen before and i, I wasn't really into tori amos and i honestly it wasn't really a great concert because there were planes flying overhead the entire time and she was visibly annoyed by it oh but it was like this is not really my thing tori amos and that kind of afterwards i was like i should listen to more tori amos i think <laughs> i think there's something there that i, I yeah it's weird. like after that i always kind of was like I always associated Tori Amos with like the Lilith Fair crowd with like, you know Jewel and Sarah McLaughlin and all yeah. that, and like that's what most people associate. It's like, and then I found this article where she's like, kind of not a fan of yeah. the the Lilith Fair crowd. She's like, no, I'm not going to perform Lilith crowd. We're not, I mean, I'd hang <laughs> out with Sarah McLaughlin, but I, I don't put on shows where you you know sit on the quad and you eat chicken. This is a <laughs> those were her exact words or close oh to God. it at least. Sure. Like, we are a theater here. We yeah. are a big show. So, like, in that regard, I guess that is where the connection to, like, the extremely artsy stuff like Bjork comes in. Mm-hmm. Human Behavior is not a song I've ever quite gotten into. And, like, Bjork is one of those artists where, like, I say I get it, but I don't mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, what what is it with Bjork? What is it? And I, I've, the hardcore Bjork fans will tell you, is like, debut is, you know, it's a debut. Yeah. It's a good debut, but mm. like it's good. I mean, look, homogenic is is where she really comes into her own and all that shit. I think I think that's right, but you know, the thing about debut, which makes it fun and interesting, and and in, in, in fairness, or I think probably a bit disjointed, is that this is the music that she'd been coming up with since she was like 
like 12, 13 years old. Yeah. I mean, like she had all these things that she couldn't use in any other projects that she was working on. Yeah. And it wasn't until she finally got to this place in her life and her career where she finally was able to drudge up this stuff. Because, you know, human behavior, I think she wrote when she was like 13. Yeah. She said she original version. She said she was inspired by like David Attenborough documentaries. For human behavior. That's right. And like that's, was, that's right. It was just like the idea of like human behavior being narrated by David Attenborough as opposed to It's animals. very important that there be a David Attenborough documentary about Bjork. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That would be absolutely. I, w- I would, you know, the, while very, you're still here, very David violent. Attenborough. Very yes. violent. <laughs> yeah. You know, she, her throwing punches to people on like the A-line would be really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Oh, the, you, you're talking about the, the video where she just goes to town on on some paparazzo? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, she just gives, like, f- fists. And you're like, you know what? As a short woman who now has a child of my own and doesn't want people creeping, <laughs> like, I would, like, throw fists, too. You got to respect it. Especially because, like, she had, like, this, you know, murderous stalker for years. You, like, basically, like, this is, like, dark stuff. But, like, he, he like, stalked her for years and then filmed himself committing suicide and then sent oh, it in a homemade bomb to Bjork in England. And oh it was, you know, intercepted by the mail before it got to her. But like, it really fucked with her, you know? And I'm like, that would absolutely fuck with me. You know <laughs> that like, yeah. and then like, I think Wait, about this Bjork. is really, this is really ruining the, the Bjork story. I was going to tell. Oh no, college. no, no. Oh no. That was you the whole time. No. Um, uh, but yeah, like I, I think like she also was like, a celebrity at a young age in Iceland too. And like this little insular community who wants to hear like a 13 year old sing like Icelandic folk songs, like becoming sort of international big with the sugar cubes and then finally being on her own and being like, I have all this material and I'm here in London with this anarchist punk label, one little Indian who she's still with, I believe like, fuck yeah. And I think like, that's kind of the energy that people like about debut. It's not my favorite Bjork album and human behavior isn't even my favorite song on that album. Like I love, um, big time sensuality a lot more. I love the anchor song. That's one of my favorite Bjork songs, but like, there is like, kind of just like a rawness to it. That's really appealing. And it's then I, my favorite song off of that album is the one that doesn't actually appear on the original release. Is it play dead? It is played. Oh, that's such a good song. That, that song is- was incredible. And it was it was made for a movie. It was made for a movie that guys that had done a bunch of James Bond music yeah. had made. And you can really tell because every time I listen to it, I'm like, this is if 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 someone made a James Bond movie that was right for a Bjork theme song. <laughs> and so- by the by the way, make that fucking movie because that would be the first time I would get into James Bond. Hell yeah. I'm not really. But I would if. If you made the Bjork, J- James Bjork, whatever that movie is, <laughs> I would, I would, I would watch it. So yeah, that's the place that she's in. I really like the, what I remember most about Human Behavior is, I mean, the song is is good. I like it, mm. but God, Jesus, I remember seeing that music video for the first time. <laughs> Absolutely, and like all I think now is. That music video is like, what if Tool's sober music video, but it's cute and the cuteness makes it more disturbing? Yeah. Like that. There's like that moment where she first sees herself as like maggots. And it's just like, no, no. Like that, like really. (laughs) York scared me as a kid. Like I didn't get into her until high school and I was very scared of her. Like, and I think for a good reason, like kids can sense ominous energy and Bjork has that in like spades. I love it now as an adult, but like when you're a kid, terrifying stuff. 
Bjork has always seemed like an like a living alien to me, like an alien who came to Earth. She she has the weird accent where she speaks with an Icelandic but also Cockney accent sometimes. Yeah, yeah she and, gets like this EastEnders thing, and it's 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 so funny to me. Sorry, go ahead. She did yeah, it in I mean, London she, for forever. The, 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 the swan dress, the weird videos, she's never mm-hmm. quite seemed like a human being to me. And it's funny, like, I didn't plan it like this, but this is kind of a fitting matchup because they're both of these songs are kind of tributes to being weird. Yeah. Human behavior well, is like, humans are weird. It makes absolutely no sense. And Cornflake Girl is like, no, it's like, I'm not a normal girl. I'm not a Cornflake Girl. I'm one of the, like, the weird raisin girls because, like, that's how. The, she says, this... like, you know, Cornflake Girls are, you know, most of the boxes Cornflakes and the raisins yeah. are rare. I, yeah. She wrote this before they started putting two scoops of raisins in there. <laughs> yeah, it was they like did a- it for her. They were like, you know what? Fuck you, Tori. Well, Two if, scoops. If you're a picky kid, too, you pick them out, too, and you put them on the no, side I, of no, the ball. Raisins are gross. I, I, I don't want, like who raisins. want to be a raisin either. girl? Yeah. I know, right? Like, you're like, no. Well, the funny thing is, in 1984, she was cast in a Kellogg's commercial. Yep. Hawking oh. cornflakes with raisins in them on the piano. It's amazing. It, uh, I did not know she that anything like her her hair is like short and brown and i like it honestly doesn't even she sound like natural her voice. Redhead? she i don't think she is i think she has like brownish red hair that like lends itself well but i don't uh, know if she's actually a natural redhead i can't wow, tell that's you that shocking. Not... that's that that's as shocking to me <laughs> as when i found out that winona ryder is a natural blonde what no <laughs> yes yes she is what <laughs> I gotta uh, go now. Like, sorry. Everything just, is a lie. It's just like uh, that, like, you know, that that video of the cat getting the flower on its head and then, like, he starts seeing through time. Like, that is just literally <laughs> what happened to me. <laughs> everything I know is wrong. I can't trust anything about the 90s. Yeah. Winona Ryder is blonde. Tori Amos isn't a redhead. Bjork has got a Cockney accent. Like, I just... <laughs> What does any of it mean? No, she was um, she was born and raised in Topeka, Kansas. Who knew? I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cornflake Girl again. Also, I got really into Tori Amos, not just because of uh, the the guy, the boyfriend my uh, mom had at the time, but also another girl I had a crush on was really into Tori Amos. And I remember she was the one that um, I had just listened to Boys for Pele, and I knew she liked Tori Amos, and I went and like came up to her and was like, oh, I, I like Tori Amos. Like, I love Boys for Pele. <laughs> and she was like, well, do you, she started like, do you know Cornflake Girl? And I was like, no, you know? And I was just <laughs> like, oh, shame. Like, already called out on it. I can't even impress somebody <laughs> Name Name correctly. part Tori songs you like. Yeah, exactly. Like- oh, you're a real Tori fan? See, girls yeah. do it too, you know? Uh, <laughs> but like... Uh, oh, it's so funny. Like, I was super excited to talk about it because like I said, like, these were big formative, like, teenage year songs for me mm-hmm. or just pieces of music and artists and and and... It is wild how the things that you love at that age follow you into your life. Like, I will hear, like, I know some of some some of us here aren't fans of Cornflake Girl, but the moment I hear that, it's like, I'm 13 again. I want to stay up all night writing a book. And, you know, that, like, that, like, monster energy that you used to be able to get as, as a teenager, like, comes back to me Man. whenever I hear that. I don't know. The, the girl I liked in high school was, had lived in the UK for a while. So it was like, I was trying to get into her band. So I was like, I'm li- listening to like Travis and the Stereophonics, and like these are not these are not Tori Amos. Let's say these are not things that follow you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was listening to Stained, and yeah. uh... it's 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 a step above Stained, but these are mm-hmm. like st- the Stereophonics are like 
uh, like a poor man's oasis. Like uh, gotcha, low end, gotcha. Low end on it, and Travis like. Are they like around the same time as like the vines or like? No, they're a little earlier. I think. a little earlier. Okay, yeah. you're you're a couple years older than me. I like I, think, I like so. Travis. That's pretty good. They did why Why does it always rain on me? That's a good. That's a good song. Yeah, most people just kind of dismiss them nowadays as like the pre Coldplay. And if you don't mm. like Coldplay, these are like the, the the Amityville horror to Coldplay's The Shining. It's just like the weaker version that came first, but like sure. just like a prelude. <laughs> a yeah. prelude. Hurtful. Hurtful. Well, let me tell you yeah. what. I liked all these artists without anybody attractive telling me to like them. <laughs> I, I, just... was a, I was ahead of the curve. I was just really queer, folks. That's uh, all. I'm sorry I'm a horny sheep. That's all I am. <laughs> I'm just... just just put me in a pen and inseminate me. I'm a horny sheep, and that's but, why I like music. I, I will not. Nope. Wait, nope. Where, where, well, what's a lovely episode? How did you get into New York? Was like, was it just that first video? I mean, I think this is her like first single off her first album, isn't it? Like, yep. This is the the debut single. From if we're the not video. counting the Sugar Cubes, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is her first single as a solo artist, and um, I I love that. It's one of my favorite music videos of hers. Um. Still, and she did a lot of really great ones with Mich- Michelle Gondry. I mean, she did um, Army and, Spike and Me Jones. and Spike Jones. Yeah, the two um, people I always associate with each other: Spike and Mich- Michelle. Yeah, like the music video director guys who make yeah. good movies too. Like, <laughs> well, Michelle Gondry made one good movie. One good movie. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like they, he made a good movie, but like that's still and one. Michael Bay. Where was Michael Bay's Bjork video? That could <laughs> right? still happen. That could happen today. Where's Michael Mc... Bay's Bjork? Where's McGee's Bjork video? <laughs> like, I mean, uh... it's also quiet. Is is a pretty colorful, maybe not quite McGee colorful video. Yeah. But it's... No, no, it's not quite that. No. no, yeah. Like I'm like I'm like, what is the most McGee? Bjork music video out there. It's got to be. It's also quiet. It's you know bright primary colors everywhere. It's so twee though. Like it just yeah. Like, it's, so it's, it's not Michael Michael Bay's is Hunter. Oh, the Hunter music video yeah. is Michael Bay's. <laughs> she she is turning into a transformer polar bear. I'm just saying. Much. Yeah. It, it it's is. Like, yeah, she turns into a CGI polar bear. Oh, she God. really she tries to get it off. She tries so, to not let it happen. She tries so hard. But she, but she just can't fight it. In the end, that's yeah. what we all become: CGI all... polar bears as created by Michael Bay. What's the one where she's a robot? That's how it goes. All, all is full of love. Uh, yeah, that's all is full of love. Oh, that's probably yeah. the most. Oh, that gave Michael Bay too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, oh, a... that's very. Th- th- those robots are as un Michael Bay as yeah. a robot can be. They're very yeah, like like I Robot looks like they stole a lot from that. You know, like <laughs> yeah, they look like very one? much like the I Robot movies. I don't remember who did I Robot, but it wouldn't shock me if they were like, yeah, I saw All Is Full of Love, and then decided that was all I was going to do. Um, but I really do oh, like. Wow, the- yeah, though it's exact copy. Wow, I- I'm just yeah. looking at the video now. I was like, yeah, that's a total ripoff. Yeah. yeah, these robots specifically. I mean, they yep. did, there was no kissing in. Uh, no, they're less horny. Yeah. yeah, they could have been horny. Those are Alan Tudyk robots. Oh my god! Wait, really? I'm pretty, pretty sure. Pretty sure that he was the voice of those robots in iRobot. Oh, yes. he's having a great. iRobot. <laughs> iRobot. iRobot. Yeah, it's so uh, interesting though. But like, the, the, the only argument against human behavior is that truly it is, like it as far as our singles go. Like I like it. I like Venus as a boy more. Oh. I big time sensuality I like more. Play Dead I like more. And the thing is, like, that's just the first record. Yeah. And like for me, um, my love of Bjork comes a little bit later. Actually, mm. now that I think about it, my my real obsession with her 
was in fact when I was dating somebody um, <laughs> in college. So I was full of shit. A lot. Um, Welcome to shit. the pen. Welcome to the pen, you horny sheep. All horny. is full of <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so I, I got into her during the homogenic and mm. um, Vespertine era, which is great Oof. because those two albums are like, they're, kind of their opposites. Yeah, but they're because homogenic is so is is largely pretty big. Yeah, and Vespertine is very like like whispering into a cardigan. It's it's intimate and it feels like it's a conversation about just like between two people, whereas homogenic so much about where you are, kind of in the I, world. That's my that is my favorite album though. Yeah, that's the one. Just because the first four tracks straight are it, perfect. I like there's not a there's not a bad like and yeah. really the whole album is great, but like. Man, especially um, if I had to put my hand on my heart and say what's my favorite Bjork song, mm. weirdly, I don't, I don't think Unravel was a single. But oh yeah, it was a B side, wasn't it? For but it's uh, but it's so so good. I just like it because the, the lyrics are like very, they're very Bjork, but like in a way that from the first time I heard it, like I didn't find myself going, "What does this mean?" Yeah, um, you know the the lyrics to Unravel are. While you are away, my heart comes undone, slowly unravels like a ball of yarn. The devil collects it with a grin. Um, Our love. In a ball of yarn, he'll never return it. Return it. So when you come back, we'll have to make new love. Great. That's all it is. What a, what a, that's all. And and she just sings it through twice. And that fucking song gets me every time. It's so emotionally powerful. It's so like, and yet it's so... It's kind of for that album, especially. It's very quiet, yeah. But I, oh, it really gets me every time. You know, this has come up a couple of times in this conversation. But this idea of Bjork's kind of being like lyrics being nonsensical is something that has never like jived with me. Like the the portrayal of her being just kind of like, look at this crazy person, like the SNL skit where she's like, I'm gonna go throw nickels in an oven, and I'm like, I actually don't find that to be the truth of most of her lyrics. To me, they're pretty like straight from the heart, emotional. Like, Tori Amos is really guilty. Like, especially if you listen to Boys for Pele, that is all just, like, tuna, rubber, little blubber, and Maya glue. And you're like, bitch, what the fuck, you know? Uh, Whereas, like, Bjork, I feel like most of her songs, if I don't get them, like, right away, you listen to it a second time and you go, like, ah, yes. I I mean, some of them are like, let me she'll she'll find kind of, like, you get what she's saying, but, Mm. like, why did she say them in the way that Mm. she said it? Like, Mm. like, if you forget my name, you will go astray like a killer whale (laughs) trapped trapped in in a bay. bay. Love what it. a weird lyric. And by the way, I mean, like, again, like, I mean, those are like one right after the other. Bachelorette, yeah. again, is like, yeah, holy shit. I mean, like, the rest, like, that's the one part where I'm like, it's, that's fine. Yeah. It's just not as good as, like, I'm a fountain of blood in the shape of a girl. Oh, holy shit. What a, what a, what a wow. way to open a song. Yeah. That's just. I, I think, like, yeah, with, with human behavior, it just doesn't. You don't get really any kind of, and again, they're kind of two sort of different parts in their careers, but you don't really get the indication of what Bjork's, the gestalt of what Bjork is from human behavior. Whereas if you you listen to Cornflake Girl, you get a pretty good idea of who Tori Amos is as an artist. But with human behavior, it is very simple, even compared to other songs on the album. But like for me, she didn't hit her stride until um, post and when she did Hyper Ballad. Like for me, Hyper Ballad is just like. Hyper Ballad is my my personal Bjork song. That's that's the one I get. I go through my head a lot about it and I'm like I don't want to be basic but I think Hyperbell is also my favorite Bjork song it's just such a fantastic song but then you go and listen to she did like an MTV Unplugged right around the time um, I think Post came out but there was a lot of her doing um, debut and she did a she did 
the um, anchor song, which is one of my favorite Bjork songs. That's the saxophone one at the very end that goes like, I live by the ocean and during the night, that one. And it's just the most fantastic thing to watch live. And a part of me, I have seen Bjork in concert and it is just kind of like a different out of body experience entirely. And maybe, maybe human behavior plays better live. Like I can imagine that being awesome. I don't, live, I'm trying you know? to think now because I've seen her twice and I don't remember if she played it either time. Oh, yeah. I don't know that it's really a song that she goes back to. What's interesting about that song, I think in particular, uh, is that she'd hung on to it for so long and it wasn't until they'd found the sample. Yeah. And like the sample's cool, right? Yeah. Like that, that, that really drummy thing. Like if you listen to it on its own, it's a pretty cool song, just independent. Yeah. It doesn't feel like her because it's a 1970s song yeah. that she put lyrics to. Yeah, like she, it was like from like a Ray Brown orchestra thing or something to that effect, you know. Like, yeah, and she also she also said she had something. Um, I didn't know this either, and I I don't really hear it, but she used um, she samples a beat from uh, uh Antonia Hobim, who does the girl from Ipanema, you know, like the the bossa nova artist, and you really do. I, I wouldn't guess that. Yeah, I didn't know that either until this week while I was just like gathering my thoughts and <laughs> wanting to know about this because again, this isn't my favorite Bjork song by a mile, so there was a lot I was missing from it, but you kind of do actually there the, that album in general does have like kind of like a weird almost retro bossa nova. It doesn't hurt that it's, she does a cover of like Someone in Love. It's kind of like an all over the place. Yeah, it's a album. It, it is like that's it's certainly the only kettle drum song I can think of in 1993. Like <laughs> Because, you know, the swing movement, that's later in the 90s. So Yeah. Oh, have you done a swing movement episode? With like oh, a we will. Or... We will. <laughs> we will. Get ready for that. Do not invite uh, me onto that one. <laughs> agony. Agony. <laughs> Just absolute. Yeah, you know what? It's like, no wonder why so many people drifted to Bjork. Because, you know, like, especially like around the time Homogenic came out in Vesper time. You know, just like they're so different. And everyone else is listening to Living La Vida Loca, which I do like. <laughs> but or 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 Jump Jive Whale and Holler covers by the Brown Seltzer Orchestra. So it's like, I will go over here and be my Raisin Girl listening to Bjork. I was considering doing a Bjork versus Radiohead Ooh. thing. But I couldn't, I couldn't think of a like. I, I, I wanted it to be a more even thing. I was just like, sure. I feel like the Radiohead has gotten like even so much bigger than Bjork is now. And like, yeah. and that's okay. Do you want, do you want to just talk about, uh, I've seen it all from dancer in the dark. We can just talk, we can just talk about it. They, they, they literally did a duet yeah. together. Well, have you, so you mentioned that you love unravel. Have you ever heard Tom York do it when they released in rainbows and they did that live stream? Oh, like, that's right. I completely forgot about that. He did a cover of that. it. That is absolutely fantastic. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like, I like Tom York. I went through, like, a really big Radiohead phase, mm-hmm. and I feel like I came out of it a little bit and just stayed in Bjork forever, at least for, like, those first four records. Mm-hmm. Um, Dancer in the Dark. I feel oh. like you. that's a movie. I, I made a mistake, and the mistake is this. I watched it twice. You watched Whoa. that movie once. Yeah. That's a one-time watch. <laughs> yeah. You don't... It's, and, it's, and it's amazing, and uh, we'll leave Von Trier to the side, and yeah. the fact that, like... Yeah. I, mean, I mean, other than the fact that um, I'm sure that she kicked his ass, and that's great. Yeah. She Somewhere had... in my mind's eye, just watching Bjork beat the absolute shit out of Lars Von Trier is very satisfying. <laughs> that's, that's all I want to see, is just her being, like... Kicking it him would in be his... it would be a better movie than Dancer in the Dark, and oh. Dancer in the Dark is pretty good. It's I watched, a pretty damn good movie. <laughs> I watched Dancer in the Dark, so like I had been wanting to see it for a couple of years, and this was before like you know you could have video on demand so easily. I went to my university library and like rented it and sat in one of the little viewing kiosks like that they had Whew. with like the screens up, and I was just sitting there with like a Monster Energy drink, watching it, just being like, "What the fuck am I doing with my life?" Like. 
when it gets to the part where she's singing my favorite things, you know, because she can hear like noise coming out of the vent in her prison cell. I was just like, this is, you know, I like sad movies, but this is this is literally like this is pre saw torture porn. But um, I yeah, are you kidding me? But the the soundtrack's incredible. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's it's quiet. Weird. It's quiet, and no one takes a spin. Yeah. Jesus oh, Christ! Nice. Why would you do that? I know. You know, my I, I was watching that movie for the first time because it was on like one of the indie like. IFC or, or something. I was like, uh, you know, I would have been like in college or something, and I came on, and it was like my dad walks in, and is like, "What are you? What is this? You know, boring artsy crap that you watch? I don't get it." It's like, and they watch those, like, you know, there is something about this chick, whoever she is, like the big saucer <laughs> eyes, like she, she does compel the eye. Like she's she's a yeah. great actress. Like <laughs> I I really do. Enjoy, oh, she was rumored to be coming up in something in a movie version of something. I oh, what's she I was been just up like, to lately? Like, uh, she released an album pretty recently, and uh, yeah. I, um, I, I do keep abreast of to- what Tori's up to most of the time, like because she's always putting out stuff. Like, yeah. Even if like she became a mom and her stuff became a little less, you know, yeah. momish, I guess. Yeah, she's really big on like doing. Tori's really big on doing stuff with like her daughter now and her like little Irish castle. Or I'm thinking of Enya, who has the Irish yeah, castle. That's... Tori, Tori, or Tori has like a house out in Ireland or in the UK somewhere. They're two very different countries. Yes, I know. Please don't attack me. Uh, but yeah. uh, uh, Bjork, oh, I noticed Ro- Bjork's going to be in Robert Eggers' next film. So that that is, wow. that is yeah. wow, what a matchup. That that's he, the, that's the lighthouse guy, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the lighthouse guy, the Vavitch. So yeah. uh, I'm like hell of excited for that, whatever that ends up looking like. But I think her yeah, daughter's going to be like, like 50 different p- people have already been cast in that thing. It's going to be like a humongous thing. Yeah, it's like an opus of like people, including her daughter. Her daughter is going to be in it. And I don't know if you've ever seen her son, Sindri. I believe that's his name. But like he's he's our age now and he looks exactly like what you would think Bjork's son would look like. And he makes music that is exactly what you think Bjork's son would make. And it's just like. <laughs> Good, good for that little weird family. Good for them. I'm, I'm glad right. he turned out. I don't know if you can ever be normal if Bjork is your mom, but you know, no. he seems, he seems like he's taking care of himself, and I'm happy if, for him for that. <laughs> All right. Well, like I think you guys have. Uh, I was like, I was hoping you like guys would help me like understand human behavior a little better because that's not one of my favorite Bjorks either. Mm. And uh, I, th- I think you guys are like, no, that, that's her. That's her creep. I guess. What creep yeah. is to Radiohead human behavior? <laughs> yeah. It's like so. Yeah, I, I think I I I lean firmly on the Tory side of this one. So I think Tory is going to win this panel at the very least. Mm. This panel mm-hmm. of three. Yeah. Um, I do want to say um two things. One, cornflake girl. The where'd you put the keys, girl? Let me just let me just say the following. You know, there was a time in which a they didn't have lyrics available. What what it says, <laughs> and and two. Um, sometimes uh, your brain just does silly things. I really, I don't know if I ever believed that she was singing "Where'd You Put the Cheese, Girl," <laughs> but it's called Cornflake Girl. Yeah. Why once, you... <laughs> yeah. once, once you get to that place, um, it, it immediately goes to "Where'd You Put the Cheese, Squirrel," uh, and and at that point, any look, any no, song that has "girl" in it, in that video, um, but... any any no, any song that has "girl" in it, you change, you swap out "girl" and put in "squirrel." Mm-hmm. Um, so, like to this to this day, um, I will always sing it incorrectly, and I don't mean to. It's just yeah. where'd you put the cheese, girl? Like where'd you where where you can't hide a cheese? You know, it's funny because I misheard that line for the longest time as "rabbi." Where'd you put the cheese, girl? Like, <laughs> which. 
you know, because Tori has like her own unique inflection on words, and yeah. it does create a lot of comedy unintentionally in her songs. Like she'll go gear, and you're like, okay. <laughs> there was a Vine come uh, a few years ago when Vine was a thing. It was like indie girl shows you her apartment. It was it was something like. Welcome to my kitchen. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the bananas and yeah. the, yeah, yeah. It's very like, it is like, like kind of so like the Tori perfect So Tori is kind of like the forerunner for that, I feel like. Yeah. Girl, Rabbi, where'd you put the cheese, squirrel? Like Why'd that's, the that's, up on the that's table? it. That's like a, <laughs> <laughs> rabbit, where'd you put the keys up on the table? <laughs> Okay. No. What were you saying? Um, good songs, good songs no. all around. But I, you... I feel like Tori's is the better representation of 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 who she is and what she's about. Yeah. I just want to say that the that there are two music videos. Just very quickly, yeah. there are two music videos. One that I guess is more comparable to human behavior because it's kind of like weird and. Like, I think it's supposed to, supposed to be kind of like a Wizard of Oz sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. black and white and all that stuff. But that one's not as good, in my opinion, as the one that's just her and a bunch of women in a, in a, in a pickup. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> they're kind of sniping at each other, and she's looking in the rearview mirror. And yeah. what's great about that music video is that the plot resolution is that they find a shirtless cowboy and then cook him. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, and he's like, and he's really into it. He's like, he's like, he's like, (laughs) Bugs Bunny. (laughs) He's Bugs Bunny. He's like chopping the carrot up and everything. I love that video just because, like, you're you're watching, you're like, okay, this is like fairly typical low budget, you know, we're making a music video, video kind of thing. And then out of nowhere comes the naked cowboy, and then they're all dancing around him in a pot. And you're like, yes, I agree. It's a better video than the UK one, which is just. Did they put some raisins in it? I. I just there's 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 implied cannibalism is all I'm saying that they that them women were fighting and they were like you know what if we devour this man whole yeah Why this beautiful man we will feel better and oh. I'm like that's that's right all I'm saying is that I would like Robert Eggers to remake the lighthouse and then cast Tori Amos <laughs> and Bjork as as Robert Bjork's got to be Willem Dafoe I think that's yeah. right that's yeah. absolutely right yeah 100 percent yeah she's yeah. the one that comes from the island so. Yeah, like, can you imagine Bjork giving that monologue that Willem Dafoe has, like, curse ye, you know? She's like, The answer is, yes, yeah. I can. She's like, um, 100%. Do you like me? Do you like me, lobster? You know, like, I can't, I can't do Bjork. I can't it was, do... It was close. It was close. It was close. <laughs> Nobody can do a good Bjork. It's it's like, everyone tries, but, you know, and that's why she wins at yeah. the end of the day. I don't know. One other writer, the, the, the fake brunette, did a decent oh. Bjork on <laughs> SNL, so... What about you? Don't like Kristen Wiig's one? She just says the word fingers, and you just have to say fingers, fingers. with twenty with twenty yeah syllables. Yeah. Fingers, fingers. You got kind of roll it. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that is pretty solid, yeah. actually. That's yeah. a, that's a good one. It's not. It's like I've been listening to her voice for a lot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can make sentences good. You did it. I did it. Do you we want to do the questions, it. or is there something that we're? No, all I right, think I think we're I think we're ready for the questions question time okay we do these questions as you know it feels like there's a direction this is headed but just in case we ask a series of questions in order to sort of firm things up um make sure that we're really sure that we're sure that we're sure uh question number one um one of these songs uh is going to be lost to time it's going to go away forever like it never existed and the other one is going to stick around what is the one that has to for the sake of history for the sake of all humankind and for the sake, maybe even of animals, 
Must it continue? Which one? I think human behavior has to continue. Like, that did establish Bjork. It's not her best song, but it established her. Tori Amos had put Cornflake Girl out, like, already, like, into her career. And I think for the sake of music history, human behavior has to stay. That was my answer, yeah. That that is exactly my... Like, Cornflake Girl was not, like, a huge hit or anything. It's, like, it's one of many equally important songs in Tori's career. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't uh, put it, like above God or crucify. So, but human behavior is very important to the Bjork story. And it's in, in the music video too. I think it's important to Michelle Gondry's career to a yeah. degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think there's just kind of an overall package that makes it important in general. Okay. Yeah. Question number two, you can be a fly on the wall. You can experience uh, from beginning to end soup to nuts, the entire creation of one and only one of these two songs. And that would include the music video. Ooh. If you, if you like, which is the one. Ooh. That's that's got to be human behavior. That's it's the amazing video. And see how you're all coming around to my way of thinking. <laughs> I see. Wow! When you pull the wool off our eyes like that, maybe yeah. it is for Bjork here. Um, ooh, that actually is a, a harder one for me. I mean, I would love to be there for the making of the video for Human Behavior, but like she'd also been writing that song for years, so I don't know if I want to stick around for that whole process. But um, there yeah, is something a ghost fun haunting her for like a decade. Yeah, I mean, there is something like fun and appealing about you know hanging out with a bunch of like hot chicks in a truck and getting <laughs> to dance around a fire. With a naked yeah, cowboy in but, it, but but downside, apparently, you're going to be watching a a, a female general general mutilation documentary. <laughs> oh, that's tr- yeah. You know what? Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna give it to Bjork here. Cool. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, okay, so we actually have four questions now. Are we just, are we still doing this? I feel like the the, the Megan the Stallion question is pretty apt for this one in yeah. a weird way. Okay, Megan the Stallion is about to get up to some real hot girl shit. Oh boy! But before she can get up to that hot girl shit, she's got to prepare for the night. And she's going to listen to a, a, a mixtape, right? A playlist she's made that's going to include one and only one of these two songs. Which one is on the playlist? Which one oh, is hot girl shit? Which one Which um, one gets you turnt? I don't know. I could get turnt to either of these, quite honestly. Same. I could see her, like, vibing to both of them. Just because human behavior's got, like, this really, like, it's, like, fun. It's, it's the more fun song of the two, but... Cornflake Girl's about being like, yeah, I'm here for all of the, the bitches on the fringe, you know? So it's like, you know, girls lifting up girls here. Or women lifting up women, I should say, as I drop the word bitch repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is this a, is this a, did I, did I need to censor myself here? No, really, we're, uh, no, we're, we're lousy people. I'm just we're, like, I'm, I'm we, we've got no class can. here. We are, we're um, classless people. Yeah, so. I think it's, I think it's safe to say, um, it's real hot girl shit, not real hot wood nymph shit. <laughs> yeah. So unless Meg's night out on the town involves becoming a teddy bear fetus in the forest, <laughs> I think the Tory's going to take it. Okay. I could t- I'm going to give it to Tori. That, that yeah. solo at the end is killer. I, 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 could, I could get turned to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, the most important question, not just on this podcast, but in the history of all human creation. Oh, okay. Uh, William Shatner, uh, th- th- thespian. Good, he probably good in a staring contest. I'm gonna say, <laughs> guy, guy who tweets and it's best that you don't look. Yes, yes. Mus- musician, singer, it's possible. He de- he definitely thinks so, and I think at this point we all agree. Yeah, he's gonna do a Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Which song must be shat upon? Human behavior. Cornflake girl. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Just be like, if you ever get close to a human, <laughs> you know, and human behavior. 
there's definitely no logic, you know, like I just <laughs> <laughs> logic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. See, this is this okay, is one change of those mind, change of mind. <laughs> I don't oh. boy, that's really tough because as soon as you say that, then I'm like, oh, is this one of those where Shatner does Tori and Nimoy does Bjork? <laughs> and that's how you do it. <laughs> Uh, the, you know what? We're gonna assume Leonard, Leonard Nimoy's corpse and be like, "Please, can you please record?" I mean, I just, I mean, you're, are you telling me you don't think that he's actually just a fetus inside of a teddy bear right now? You mm. can't prove that. Yeah, you don't that's know. true. It's, it's I was to say Schrodinger's Nimoy bear fetus. Yeah, that's an episode of Fringe for sure. For sure. I, I, Unquestionably. I'm, I'm just imagining Shatner though at his mic, cigarette in his hand, takes a smoke, looks at the mic and says. I never was a cornflake girl. <laughs> You're like, rabbit, where'd you get the keys? Bro? That would be pretty uh, great. This is not really happening. <laughs> Actually, that's more of a Nimoy line, honestly. But yeah. <laughs> it's tough, but these are both really good. I don't know if you can choose. Yeah. No. Yeah, this is rough. Uh, this is a, yeah. a tough, tough choice. I, See, I, and now we've asked these questions. They usually, I, I don't know why I say they're clarifying. I always find that they're far more confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I, I know what to, I know what to do about it. And that's, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to the people that are smarter than us. That's our listeners. Mm-hmm. The oh. only not smart thing they do is listen to this podcast. <laughs> Everything else about them is brilliant. Todd, okay. what, what does the listenership have to say? Okay. First, uh, TJ Hasty. Writes, and he was the one who uh, showed a, showed me the uh, the magazine cover with PJ Harvey, uh, Bjork and Tori. And after he explains that to me, he writes, "There's a magazine cover of the three of them from the '90s with the headline: Hips, Lips, Tits, Power." The way we talk about women in music has definitely come a long way. Wow. Yeah, I think we only talk about things in that way. If like, well, I don't think I like. I don't know. Well, so Todd, you wouldn't. But like Megan Thee Stallion would say that about herself, perhaps. You know, I actually body crazy, curvy, wavy, big titties, little ways. But yeah. that's you know. But she's allowed to say that it's yeah. literally her body. Yeah. I for for what it's worth, I looked it up, and hips, lips, tits, power is was like a popular T-shirt slogan for the alternative kids back in the early '90s, late '80s. Like so I'm they, not gonna lie, I would buy that shirt for yeah. myself today. <laughs> it, it comes from like some indie song, and there's it's not it doesn't. When you have the context, it doesn't look so bad. But like, yeah. because we don't know that T-shirt anymore, I was like, no way. And I looked at it, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some important context missing <laughs> yeah. from that. Because like knowing that, you're like, yeah, cool, I'd wear that on a shirt. But like a, a magazine in the 90s talking about women like that. And it's like, yeah, you can make a fair yeah. guess that it's mostly men on the writing staff and the editorial yeah. staff for it. So it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You know what? I would wear a T-shirt like that too, but it would it would be like hips, lips, tits, and at the top it would say like list of surgeries I want, uh, <laughs> and that would be that. That's like wait, so wait, who it was? It was Tori Bjork and who? PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey. Okay, so the the so wait, we need one more, and then we've got a, a the craft of musicians. <laughs> she got Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple's a little bit later. A little though. later, I yeah. guess. Mm. Like who else is there? And Kate Bush is a little too early. Yeah. Like Kate Bush is, is like the lady that owns the shop and yeah, the craft. Yes, yes. <laughs> she, she's the one that. Oh, is it? Is it, is it? Wait, where is Azani DeFranco? Maybe, maybe she's the fourth. Azani DeFranco would That is, yeah. I feel like that's correct. That's like, a good nailed answer. Nailed it. Make that craft movie. Also, Make, craft the the craft the musical. 
Yes. Girl I had a crush on loved Danny DeFranco. It's a type, y'all, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Tia Sarkar writes, I will say if this were a contest as to who sounds more like a little girl and an old lady combined, Bjork objectively wins. (laughs) The, The look on your face, Angie, when the... Just the jaw dropped. Were you insulted on Bjork's behalf? I was insulted on Bjork's <laughs> half. I was incredibly insulted on Bjork's half. I, I hate when people rip on Bjork's voice so much. <laughs> that To me, that reads like a compliment. I can't. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, because you know what? I was really into Grimes before the whole Elon Musk shit went down. I'm like, well, she does kind of sound like a baby. Like, I was really, <laughs> I was really into, um, oh my gosh, The Knife. And the lead singer from that kind of sounds like Tommy Pickles. And <laughs> I will never unhear it now. Like, I heard it one wow. day. I was like, Wait, the, the Knife? How does yeah. that song go? Or is the, it, the, the, the... I, I'm, a, I'm a knife. <laughs> Knife the knife is the band. The knife is the band. Speaking speaking of space girls. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, honey, I've got to go back to that war. Yeah. In space. In space. And also, again, also her and Tom York, like they're they're peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. That is such a good episode. I might have to go back and watch it's, it. It's might actually my favorite episode of Space Coast Coast to Coast, and very after we bring it up because I, I, I don't know if, if we've ever told you this, but um, Todd and I are uh, the. Um, the Zorak and the um, Moltar. Moltar and the Moltar. That's true. You really are Moltar, and I really am Zorak. You know what? Yeah, I kind of see that energy right there. You got that. Who's? I've... You got to get like a Brack now. Like, <laughs> you can be our Brack. Yeah, yeah, I can be a Brack for sure. That. that I am big dumb Brack energy. I, yeah. I can't fly. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, like. Yeah. You can do a Beavis. You yeah. can do a. You can do a Zorak. But I could do a Brack, not really. I can't do any, yeah. but I am I am like very much a Brack person. And I feel like Brack is a raisin girl. <laughs> like Brack is absolutely a raisin girl. I, right. I mean, he wants to marry. He, will you marry me? Where are you going? Who's gonna hurt? Forget Wait. William Shatner, I wanna hear Brack. Do oh, the lyrics gosh. to Cornflake Girl. We've just gone completely <laughs> off the rails. Yes, sorry. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. Azure Squirrel writes, I'm voting Tori because my teen girl self was way more into Tori. And also, one time, a fully straight woman mentioned offhand that I looked like Tori Amos. And as a lesbian, I am still angry to this day that she dropped that absolute panty dropper of a line on me for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. If somebody who I thought was gorgeous said I looked like Tori Amos, I'd be like, I, well, I guess this is, I die now, because like I don't know how to you ever feel like better York. about myself. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> we, I got to rep short, dark-haired women, okay? Yes. He's a good Brent Dogs writes, I have never heard Cornflake before, Cornflake Girl before, and like Hollaback Girl, I'm going to need someone to tell me what one is. Cornflake well. Girl and Hollaback Girl, eternally connected. <laughs> Oh, can you imagine a remix of that? That'd be fantastic. Because it's mostly rap, it, it's very easy to mix a uh, hollaback yeah. girl into things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know what I'm doing before, as soon as I. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Please do it, because now I won't be able to sleep. Okay. Wait, but I would. I had my one. I told you, Todd, that I wanted to do Megan Thee Stallion's body and um, silent all these years. <laughs> body yaddy 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 excuse me can I be you, you for, for a while, while. <laughs> wow I got the body yaddy yep. this is these yeah. are these are all amazingly crazy, terrible curvy, ideas baby. what is yeah. wrong with all of us okay I think that's it for the the comments now at last who do you think won the vote 
And this one was a tight one. Ooh. This was very close. I'm, I looked, so I'm not going to say. I'm going to say Bjork won. Bjork won? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I'm not going to make you guess by how much because it was, uh, I already told you it was very close. So here it is. For a total of 275 to 256, that is a 51.7% to 48.3% win. Our winner today is human behavior. Ah. What's what's interesting about that is that when the votes first started coming in, Cornflake Girl was way ahead. Really? At the very start, if you if you went back, I wish there was a way you could historically. I should take a screen grab, but mm. in the beginning, human behavior was way behind. Interesting. Wow. I I think we have uh, angered some Bjork fans, maybe, and they organized something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's because I it, believe that. Maybe it's just like my fan base because I, you know, got a rep for the pianos. Mm-hmm. Like the, the tour I saw was the Lot of Pianos tour, Ooh. and. But there were not that really that many pianos, only a couple. <laughs> there's there's nay but a piano. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us, Angie. Thanks. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Stop, 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 stop. Oh. Very quickly. Um, actually, it won't be quickly because it's a story of mine. My Bjork story. Okay. Oh. Go ahead. This is very, so this is, all right, so there's going to be some very specific details, and I just, I want you to understand the reason why I'm including them is because this day is so burned into my brain, even though it's now <laughs> from like 20 years ago. So um, when I was in college in New Jersey, take a drink, um, we, uh, my friend Nami and I, we used to, to get away from college, we would drive up state, up 9W, to this little tiny New York state town called Piermont, New York. And Piermont was like a very like a wealthy town, but it was like very picaresque and like there were like little curio shops and like a nice little cafe. And so we just, we'd go. And one of the big things that we did was that we would drive around and look at the houses and the property because it was beautiful, of course, because rich people lived there. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever Nami would say, um, do you want to go up to Piermont? I would say, yeah, as long as we can drive past the Bjork house. So the deal is there was one house that looked no, like the property looked like it was the Michelle Gondry human behavior video. Well. It literally looked like it was set back. It, it, like there was like, I think like, like kind of like a weird little waterfall thing. It was beautiful, but creepy. Hmm. And there was like a little cabin type of house set way in the background. Hmm. And so that was it. Every time we saw it, I'd be like, there's the Bjork house. So one time we go out, you know, you want to go to Piermont in New York, as long as we can go by the Bjork house. We do the whole shtick. And at the end, we go to the sidewalk cafe, which is where we always would hang out at the end. And we're sitting there. It's me and Nami and her boyfriend, Rob Landrido, at the time. I'm telling you, everything is very specific. And I've ordered a French onion soup. And I've done the thing that you do when you get the French onion soup, which is like you break it up. You get all like the stuff. You get like that perfect goopy bite. Um, I don't know why I'm describing this like I'm on a food channel. Uh. I, I just, again, like all this stuff is very particular. When who should come out from the back of the cafe? Bjork. And like, I'm like about to take the first bite and I freeze and I don't know what to do because I'm looking up and there's Bjork and like we've locked eyes and she is shooting fucking daggers at me because I've recognized her and I'm like, oh God. And like, I know I should look away, but I can't because like, this is like, it's like a, it's like a nightmare, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you're like, like, this can't be real. Like I'm for sure this is a dream. And I like, I can't. And then she leaves and then like, I can still feel it. And I turn to look out the window and she's still fucking staring at me. And I think, this is it. This is how I die. A Icelandic death. I didn't think this was how it was going to go down. And then eventually she just, she walked away. And uh, there are two things about that story. Uh, Number one, 
from that point onward, we only ever referred to that story as that time Bjork punched me in the face. <laughs> and two, the really big takeaway that we realized much later, we were right. We were right all yes, along. Because, yes. because why because why else was she there? Yes, she was there for the fucking Bjork house. She was that the, did you know the thing is I had recently seen a for sale sign. She went and bought the fucking Bjork house. And her and Matthew Braun, Barney they dressed up like goats and frolicked around that place. I, I can't believe it. The I, most like, oh, I'm so happy. Every part of that story feels like it's a lie. I feel very bad now knowing that she has like this really this horrible thing with a stalker and like a bomb and yeah. suicide and all that stuff. I certainly understand. Like I didn't begrudge her. Like I stared at her. Sure. I gaped at her like an idiot. I do, but like, like I just it was so surreal. How do you in your life truly say make a joke about the Bjork house in this little like New York state town and then she just appears out of nowhere and think that's real? Yeah. Was I really supposed to think I wasn't dreaming? Yeah. Well, that see, is here's the thing. Amazing. There's definitely 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 no logic no logic no, definitely logic <laughs> yeah human behavior yes i i'm just so happy because rarely when someone tells you a story does it end the way that you want it to end and that <laughs> that did it was it was beautiful it's not about the ending being new or a twist it's just about it, it, the journey making sense and that was a beautiful journey it is very rarely can you tell an honest story where like there's an actual beginning not certainly not my stories but like and like symmetry, yeah. it all makes sense. That never happens. That's not how life works. Anyway, all right. Shed a tear. Todd, the question is before you. Before we go, what is the next episode? Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's about as far from this as, as we could get. We will be doing Welcome to the Jungle versus Enter Sandman. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be fun. Yes, it is. Wow. Can't wait to download both of those off of Napster. Here we go. <laughs> Bam. All right. Uh, thank you so much. If you thank like you. us. And uh, you viewers, if you like us, you can uh, donate a dollar and you'll get our, our bonus episodes. This uh, this month we'll be reviewing A Hard Day's Night. And uh, donate $20. You get to suggest what we will be reviewing next for our bonus episodes. Or you can just give us a nice review and recommend us to your friends. Thank you so much. Please do all those things. I'm desperate. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) 